Welcome back to Psychology Concepts Explained. This is your host, Dr. Jack Chuang. Thanks for coming back for another episode. Today is February 6th, Saturday, and it's the day before Super Bowl Sunday here in America, which is apparently a big deal. It is the championship game of our American football uh, sport, the NFL. And the two teams are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, headed by you think this is a sports podcast, uh, headed by a uh, 43-year-old quarterback, um, Tom Brady, versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are heavy underdogs, I believe, or at least slight underdogs. And let me just give you this pick out of the way, and then we'll get started with our podcast. I'm going to pick the 43-year-old Tom Brady and his team to win. And my reasoning is because usually if something happens to a team that causes a distraction, that team typically suffers. And on the Kansas City Chiefs side, apparently one of the assistant coaches had a really bad auto accident where people were severely injured. So unfortunately, I feel like that will be an unnecessary distraction for them as a team. Anyway, that's 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 where psychology plays a part in my sports analysis. Okay, so who am I? I'm a uh, psychology professor. I teach for a couple of colleges in Washington State, but I'm based in Texas or sometimes based in Asia, depending on the year and depending on where we are. But since we are still in a pandemic, I'm not really going very far out of the state of Texas where my my father and my in-laws still live so we're staying close to help take care of them okay so you'll see in my podcast channel that i have many traditional classroom related lectures and i've been told that they're fairly good for review if you're taking the mcat or gre entrance exams for graduate school or medical school they have a behavioral science component so a lot of introductory to psych material is good uh, preparation for that particular or those particular exams. And of course, I made those originally for my students who are taking intro to psychology as well as lifespan psychology. So you are all free to use those uh, classroom related lectures. They weren't recorded in the classroom, but I use them in my online classes. And uh, so today's topic, I'm going to focus on a subject that was mentioned in an email from a listener. And she's also based in Texas, and her question was that, you know, she's been, she's 28, almost 28, according to her email, and uh, she's wondering if she's um, too old to go back to school, she's, you know, delaying her own college um, study by 10 years, and her main question was, should I go back to school full-time or part-time and all that? So that's why I called this particular podcast Achieving the Work-School Balance, okay? So for anyone in a similar situation, hopefully um, what I can tell you today might be a little bit helpful or give you some things to think about, considerations when you're planning out your undergraduate years as well as graduate school after that, okay? And so let me address the first thing that no matter what your age, especially 28, that's still very young, you're never too old to go back to college, whether you're just taking a 
like a technical certificate kind of course that takes two weekends or you're going back to school to get a law degree that takes six years starting with an undergraduate degree as long as you have the time and as long as you have the money and you have the intention and the passion you're never too old to start over okay you only have this life once unless you feel like you've been re reincarnated many times you have this one chance so why not do something that you really want to do instead of letting the logistics never let the simple aspect of logistics dissuade you from wanting to do something okay logistics as in the step-by-step -step process because once you feel overwhelmed by the logistics of how do I get from point A to point B, you may choose to give up even trying instead of committing to the idea of to this destination or this academic degree or this career path and then allowing the logistics to fall into place. Right? Um, you're not going to understand every step along the way right away. You have to take it one step at a time and plan it out and execute. So let me just address that first of all. You're never too old. Okay. I almost wish that I delayed. I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, if you've heard some of them. I almost wish I've delayed my entrance into college a couple of years um, right after high school. I was just too young and immature and didn't really know what I wanted to do. And going in as a freshman to a very large university was not the best place to discover what I wanted to do whether it's my career or other kinds of passions okay um, so it's okay you know what is, what is the hurry you know if you get your academic degree one year later or one year sooner I mean in the big picture is not that big a difference okay um, but now that we're in a pandemic and a lot of people at home thinking about things you have time to think maybe this is one of those things you're thinking about should I or maybe it's not a choice. Maybe you've been laid off from your job and you want to go into a different path. Um, so there are a lot of things to consider here. Okay. So going back to whether to go to school full-time or part-time, let's assume that either you're choosing a new career path or you're out of high school and, you're, and you can listen back to my podcast about the gap year, whether you want to do that or not. In other words, take some time off to do other things before starting your academic career so let's focus on whichever circumstance you are this sort of time period to plan ahead how are you going to logistically get through college and let's just focus on the undergraduate years okay um, now of course this all depends upon your individual circumstance there's no one formula here that's a best fit for everybody you have to think about your finances your which happens to be your family income, or it could be your parents' income level, financial aid, grants, which are typically like scholarships. You don't have to pay those back. Scholarships, loans, which you do have to pay back eventually. Or work-study. I'll talk a little bit more about what that is later. Um, okay, so if you do go to school full-time, then you're pretty lucky. I was very lucky in that my father did well as an engineer and was able to provide for his kids college education at least at the onset uh, for undergrad for graduate school I paid my way through but for undergraduate uh, he really helped out a lot and and I was very lucky I didn't 
feel the need to work. Even though I did do some work study and part-time research jobs during college, that was almost as if I was making money for my own expenses as opposed to paying off tuition and my living expenses, okay? And so if not everyone can fall into that kind of circumstance where they're um, basically getting a free ride because of their family. So that's pretty good. Um, if you're fortunate enough to have scholarships along the way, I think that's really good too. Um, obviously, a lot of advantages going to school full-time. You have free time other than your academic work. You're not encumbered by work a work schedule. Chances are you can be very, very well-rested, have a pretty good campus life, make friends, and do all that kind of stuff. So it's quite a luxury, and it's quite a nice experience to be able to do that, to have the freedom to do that. Um, but again, very few people are able to do that. I would recommend not getting into debt just so that you can go to school full-time without spending a lot of time working. In other words, don't borrow your way through, especially during the undergraduate years, especially if you're planning for a degree after your bachelor's degree. There are more expenses related to graduate school, medical school, law school, engineering school, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. So I think you want to save as much money as possible, get into at least amount of debt possible while earning your four-year bachelor degree. That's my personal take on it. Okay, everybody's going to have their own opinion on this. But this is just based on my observation and my own experience. I think it's best that you try to get through your undergraduate years with as little debt burden as possible. And then you have more freedom to choose uh, your graduate school years to invest more of that income. Hello, friends. Let me take a moment to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring our podcast. Let me talk to you a little bit about searching for happiness or trying to achieve goals. And oftentimes, life and circumstances and other reasons get in the way. So BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with your therapist within 48 hours. And it's not a crisis hotline, okay? And it's not self-help. It's actual professional counseling, but it's done securely online. You have access to BetterHelp's network of over 20,000 counselors with a wide variety of expertise and training. And this is also about accessibility, if you don't have a counselor in your area to see in person, then this could be a great solution for you. So this service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. So again, accessibility. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as in traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so, and they make it easy and free if you want to change counselors if necessary. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. 
So visit betterhelp.com. That's better h e l p.com/psychexplained and join the over 1 million people who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of experienced mental health professionals. And there's a special offer for my Psychology Concepts Explained listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash psychexplained. You can see the link in the show notes. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of Psychology Concepts Explained. So, like I said before in a previous podcast, community colleges in the United States are a great resource because they're fairly low cost. You can probably get through two years, earn your associate's degree, a two-year college degree, get all the basic courses out of the way without incurring any debt. Okay, So, for about $900, this is in Texas, by the way, so I would say less than $1,500 on average, you can probably go to class full-time, take four classes, college classes, and that's over a three- to four-month period, so I think that's affordable for a lot of people uh, to do without incurring much debt, without having to borrow, okay? And so I think at the community college level, um, I think it's best if you start off part-time just to get your feet wet if you've been out of school for a while and you're still working to take maybe one or two classes to see how that goes. And if you feel confident because of your life circumstance that you still have the free time to work as well as study, then that's not a bad way to go, okay, and still not incur any debt. So working full-time, going to school part-time is a good start at the community college level. Now, at the four-year university level, let's say you transfer those credits over, then you'll have two more years to go. Um, Then a lot of people, what they do is you can find affordable housing on campus or off campus and try to take as many on-campus classes as possible. I know because of the pandemic, a lot of classes are online, or if not all your classes are online. But when the pandemic subsides and things get back to a little bit more like normal, I think it it really is valuable, even though I'm an online instructor and I and I value online learning and online teaching. It has its own place. I don't recommend everyone getting a a degree where every single course is online. Okay, that might be suitable for maybe a, a master's in business administration. Those kind of degrees, where it's two years, you're already out of school, you've had that on-campus experience, you're working full-time, and you're going to class part-time, and you want to, you, you're better suited to, and more mature to study online, uh, and, uh, and get through it, but I think if you're starting off in college, it's best to have that sort of in-person, on-campus experience, and there's something to be said for just hanging out on campus at the student union, or, in public places, just sitting outside and just watching people and making friends and being part of student activity groups and and all that. It's a very valuable experience. And you don't have to live in a dormitory to get that experience. You can still share a place off campus in an apartment with roommates and have a very rich college life experience, okay? And it doesn't mean partying all the time and getting drunk and play loud music, okay? That's, That's not really what I'm talking about, even though that certainly was part of our experience um 
So I think that's really the best way to go is to work your way through. I think um, the work-study programs at universities are really awesome. You get to work. They'll find you jobs on campus, right? Sometimes they're related to your study. Most of the time they're not. Um, I remember I had a work-study position at the University of Texas, and I was an engineering major at the time. Then I switched over to psychology, but my part-time job was working for the Geophysics Institute where they measured earthquakes uh, and all that. And I was working side-by-side, side and I learned a lot of interesting things. And I think if I wanted a career in geophysics, I would have had it made because of the connections I was making with the people I worked for. And another thing is, if you're planning on going to school beyond your bachelor's degree while you're in school, you really want to place yourself in environments where you can find people to write good recommendation letters for you later on. So work-study programs are a good resource for that. Or being a research assistant for an instructor who does research in, let's say, psychology. Uh, at a four-year university, all of your psychology professors will be doing research as part of their job requirement. And chances are they're going to be conducting their studies on campus and they'll require research assistance. Sometimes they'll have grants that will help pay for them. Sometimes they'll just need extra help where you don't get paid. Sometimes you'll get course credit for it too. Say you've done most of your courses. You take, uh, I believe, I'm not sure exactly what they would call maybe a research assistantship on the side and it might be one credit or two credits and you earn course credit. It'll show up on your transcript. Okay, So... I was going to do a separate podcast about prepping for graduate school. I think that might be helpful for some of you. But today I'm just going to talk about, again, achieving this work-school balance. Okay, So again, going full-time, that's a luxury. If you can tough it out, that'd be great. If you can afford it financially, that's great. But if the choice is, if the goal is just to get done early, as quickly as possible, and then you're going to just borrow the heck out of your student loan program, I really uh, would advise against that because... You're going to feel that short-term gain, and it's going to be feels good to get these. It's like having a credit card. It feels good to be able to spend something, spend on something right away, but then you get the bill later, and you'll be paying it off for years, like a mortgage for a house. I'm 53. I graduated in 2004 with my doctorate, um, and I'm still paying my student loans. And I'm paying $300 a month for the foreseeable future. So it's it's even though it's a low interest rate, and all that, I kind of wish I didn't have to pay that. And I still have several thousand to go. Um, I have to look exactly what my balance is. I think it might be closer to 19. Ah, it's embarrassing. I don't know what I owe. But my wife paid off hers a few years ago, and that was a nice relief, even though she was only paying 127 a month. Um, but really, just not having that payment, imagine where that money could go. It could be toward investing. It could be toward... Um, other just household purchases, right? But in the end, I don't regret it because it helped me get through school. Um, but I did wish that I planned a bit better where I did not have to borrow as much because there was a semester or two where I thought, okay, I'm really going to crank this out, so I'm going to work less, borrow more money, and study more, and it ended up not working out the way I thought, okay? So you really have to be careful about borrowing money, Um but there are a lot of scholarships out there that you have to be creative enough to find, as well as grants. Um, 
So there is nothing wrong with going part-time. I would recommend when you're in graduate school, go full-time if as much po as much as possible so that you're along with your classmates going through the same classes at the same rate. There's a lot of value in that. And you get it done sooner. Okay, Typically, graduate school programs like a master's degree will take two years full-time, so you don't want to drag that out too long. Okay, and But for an undergraduate degree, if you need to take a semester off, work full-time, save some money, then go back to school, then there's nothing wrong with doing that. Okay, But, uh, but yeah, just try to be creative. I think, lastly, I've heard of people and I've known of people who go to school full-time and they work a full-time workload and they have family and all that. And I, I don't know. I think that's a recipe for burnout. And unless you're going to do that for just one semester and tough it out and see how that goes, it's okay to try that. But I highly... Um, dissuade you from doing that. I think that's kind of a recipe for just because you can fill out everything on a calendar, right? Class, 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 work, 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 and okay, a little bit of sleep, and that's it. I can do it, right? Just because you can write it down and fill out the Outlook calendar with all these things doesn't mean it's doable, okay? You still have to have a life. You have to have rest and mental health and time for socializing, okay? So in any case... That's pretty much all I had to say today for this uh, Super Bowl weekend. Just wanted to respond to a listener's email about balancing out work and school. Um, and I think you should place a high emphasis on the very practical aspect of student loan debt. I think that is something that we don't think enough about at the onset of our education, that a lot of people afterwards would say, I wish somebody told me that I should not have borrowed this much, that maybe I should have taken an extra year and just go part-time and work part-time and and all that. So not all student loans are bad, but I think if you can get through school with as little student loan debt as possible, unless you're going to a career where you know you're going to make a lot of money at the you know, and is more or less guaranteed, then that student loan can be paid off pretty quickly when you're done. Um, but then again, you get that law school degree, you start to live that lawyer lifestyle, then the student loan becomes secondary, and you don't pay it off really quickly. So the ideal is to get through medical school, law school, get your high-paying job, but live like you're still a grad student or medical student, get that loan paid off, and then... You can enjoy your life debt-free after that. Okay, Okay, uh, I think that's it for today. What else can I talk about? I think i got to finish up so that my daughter can use this room. She has to study. She has a lot of online classes, and it's kind of stressing her out. And some of these instructors apparently don't do well with online formats. I feel kind of bad for them. Um, I'm used to doing this for years, so the, when the pandemic hit, this job was just sort of made for that. I hardly had to make any changes other than just being a little bit more attentive to my students who are not used to online classes. They're not taking it by choice, so I have to recognize that. Okay, I'm just watching my timer here. We're at 21 minutes, 10 seconds, 11 seconds. Yeah, that's about enough. Thanks for your patience, and I appreciate you listening. 
uh, feel like I'm getting more and more interesting feedback and emails from people. And those of you, who, those of you who've given me feedback before and asked questions about and gave me suggestions on topics, I've written them all down, so I will get to them eventually. Okay, till the next podcast. Thank you so much. Take care. Hey there, thanks for listening to this podcast today. Can you do me a big favor? Um, Just so that this podcast gets heard by more students of psychology and other people interested in the field, uh, go to Apple Podcasts and put a little rating there if you like and uh, a brief uh, review, okay? And you can also contact me directly using the links in the description, whether it's Twitter or email, with any suggestions or feedback that you may have to make the show better. And uh, if there are any topics you want me to talk about, I can add them. And if you want to support me by buying me a coffee, the methods are listed in the description as well. Again, thanks and have a great day.